up everybody welcome back to the rodeo wagon podcast brought to you by the western edge app and produced by cosmic cowboys productions this week i had the great pleasure of sitting down with logan corbett what's up dude what's up how are you man good man good i mean freaking these mics mics and technology (laughs) all the cords you have to get out because i don't since since i drive like i can't leave it set up so much Mm. and um so freaking getting the cords out, unwinding them. Then you have to deal with like if you're on Zoom, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I totally, I totally get it, man. One hundred percent. I uh, we deal with it every week, and I put it out. I like, I, I just don't leave it set up. I don't have a obviously, as you can see, I don't have a huge workspace. Yeah, this is an improvement right. from the last time that... I was on your podcast, though. When I was in my RV, uh, I figured out <laughs> yeah. a way to get make my my internet work a little bit better in my office. But I, uh, yeah, I. I totally get it, one hundred percent. So I'm making sure that my uh, audio here is is uh, gonna be. Let's see here. It's uh, needs to be picking up my shirt. Okay, let's make sure. I just muted myself That's real quick. Yeah. Okay. That sound that sound a little bit better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sometimes it's been a while since I've recorded on Zoom and the platform that we use. Just like a lot of times, if I have everything hooked up before I enter the. Um, enter the site then it just it automatically goes through and i was like "Mm, sometimes zoom's a little tricky so what do you what do you go through we use we literally just swapped uh we we did use riverside for quite a while uh we had more zoom and then we went to riverside and now um i'm going to i'm gonna lie to you i want to say it's like um the name is like Streamfly, maybe or something of that nature and it is incredible really it is I'll, absolutely i'll have to look yeah. into it because i've been well heck since stream you know, yard stream stream yard stream yard yes and yeah into my phone right yeah now. do that yeah because it's it's incredible uh riverside was great it's really it's it was really laggy okay. doug in in the valley in montana he has his uh internet service isn't great mine isn't so great. it does better than zoom it, it, you know, yeah, it did for us. The reason that we swapped from Zoom was just for the editing factor. I think that it made it a lot easier for our producer because she was having to take audio tracks mm-hmm. and then having to take the video and trying to match them up and put them together to be able to edit the product. And on Riverside and on StreamYard, for that matter, that you don't have to do that. It's it's recorded as one. And so and the audio quality is a little bit better. But there was Riverside was really laggy and gotcha. because we didn't have good internet. And so there'd be a three or four second pause. I'd get done saying something with three people. It's difficult. I'd get done saying something and and then it'd be like four seconds before Doug would hear it. And then he'd try to chime in. But at that point in time, Paul's already said something and it was just really StreamYard. It's it's just like sitting down, having a conversation. It's been uh, it's been it's made podcasting fun again. So that's be- yeah, that's that's helpful. Um, because I've been yep. dealing with that just freaking, you know, the last, I don't know, five weeks just with, mm-hmm. just with Zoom and the connection. And if you get really good service, it's not so bad, yep. but yeah. still, even if you have good service, I feel like in, it, it makes a difference when you're talking about having conversations with people, because there's so much of those gaps within a conversation that like you'll move on or somebody else will move on 
without mm-hmm. because they don't know you're going to interject or whatever. So yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's uh so far we've only we're only maybe four or five episodes in okay. to Streamyard, but so far it has been um it's been a blast. Yeah, I, I I really I really enjoy it, and it's got a lot of cool features on it where you can roll. Like you hit a button and it will roll your sponsors across the bottom. It's got like a sponsor feed, you know, like it's got, you can have background music playing. It has all kinds of tracks that you could have in the, anyway, it's got um, a bunch of features that I don't know if people use or not, but you, have <laughs> options. you know what I'm saying? They're there. If you are there. Them, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you never know yeah, I, yeah. anything that has a lot of options. Eventually there's something there that you wish you would have known. So that, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. What have you been right. up to? What do, I mean, Man, just raising kids, really. Been traveling a little bit. I, I am and, there, not been there. I am. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's good, man. It's it's just wild. It's just the it's the wild west around here, especially in the winter time. So yeah, we, I mean, sickness. You know, our kids have had a variation of the stomach bug twice mm-hmm. since Christmas, and oh wow, um, yeah, just weird. And yeah, then um, and and then you know, sinus stuff and whatnot, and so. And of course, they've passed it on to me multiple times, and I'm usually the last one to go down. And so it's just been, it's just been chaos. It's been, I mean, it's been good. We've been, um, been busy. Uh, I mean, really, the last, um, yeah, I mean, ever since the beginning of January, it was just packed full. We did a yeah. bareback and saddle bronc riding school in Kentucky, and then came home from that, and I got to go to Columbus, Georgia, for High Low Pro Rodeo, um, and had a weekend off, and then went down this past weekend to Tupelo, Mississippi, for High Low Pro Rodeo, and um, been packing the family with me this year. Yep. And that makes such a like it's like it's difficult to take them right, but yeah. man, it is on Saturday, for example. I got to have where Saturday, but it's just a one perf rodeo, so okay. Saturday night, and. I am at the arena all day on Saturday, prepping everything, getting ready. And I got to sit down and had, we ordered some pizza and I got to sit down with my son and my daughter at the table. My wife was at the Airbnb and I like have a meal together, like at a rodeo. Sure. And yeah. I, for years I've been going and doing that stuff and I've just kind of by myself, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and she's pulling her hair out at home with all the kids running around crazy single mom and, Anyway, it was just a really cool moment where I was like, okay, I think this is the right thing. It's hard, but right. yeah. you know, I mean, it was, it was so, so yeah, we've been on the road a little bit traveling and, uh, and then on Tuesdays I go on, I go to SIU and Southern Illinois university oh, and I okay. started vol- volunteering in the weight room over there and been working with oh. the football team for three hours. Um, just, man, I just wanted more hands-on experience as a, as a coach mm-hmm. and, it's hard to get when you're remote. Um, and so I like after getting my CSCS in July, I wanted to go and, and work with other real strength coaches in a brick and mortar gym with real athletes. Yeah. Not just, and just, yeah, I just want to, what, what kind of cues are they using for the squat? You know, those kind of things. So, um, that's a, you know, actually a great introduction into what I, you know, was thinking about earlier is I was paying attention, you know, right now, Super Bowls this weekend. So, how much how much do you see how like from the rodeo side of things i guess i should start there from the rodeo side of things yeah. most rodeo people are they're so focused on the rodeo lifestyle and so focused on their discipline a lot of these people don't even watch football 
mm-hmm. that are competing. Yep. A lot yep. of these guys are, yep. you know, third generation, you know, cowboys yep. that came up and just, you know, they just weren't raised around it. Yeah. But it does, you know, show maybe if you do get into some of these other sports, maybe that we should as athletes start maybe taking into consideration, hey, as this sport evolves, other sports have already evolved. What mm. can we learn from the athletes in these other sports that will help us in our own sport? What? You're exactly you're exactly right. What I see in rodeo is I've been doing a little bit of reading on some of the history of strength and conditioning, and what I'm I'm finding the correlation between uh, football specifically and rodeo is that in the '60s and '70s, uh, football players and 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 sport coaches, football coaches they did not want their players lifting weights because they knew that lifting weights was going to make them bulky and it was going to slow them down. And somewhere along the military line, too, by the way. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Military and, used and, to, and, it was about running and being yep, skinny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. And I, somewhere along the way, you know, uh, a strength and conditioning professional or somebody got brought in and I remember reading a story and I, man, I, I wish I would have buffed up on it before it, but I remember this story of this guy who it was like maybe one of the first guys to get to work with a college football team. And the, the, um, the football coach said, he said, I'll, man, I'll, I'll give you a try, but if you make any of them slower, you're fired. And so, and at, I mean, the rest is history. Now these guys, you know, we're, we're at, I mean, on Tuesdays, I'm at Southern Illinois university and, and these guys are, there's some there's a possibility that some of these could go on to um to professional football at some point in time right yeah. like there's a there's a small possibility that some of these oh, guys are going to go but yeah. regardless like they're still they've been training at this level they've been training for probably 6 to 8 years say all through high school at least right mm-hmm. and now they're in college and so i mean these guys are moving some weight and they are scary individuals freaking um uh, the Eagles hurts. The yeah, dude's freaking. Yeah, yeah. He's squatting. I think was it six hundred and fifty pounds? Yeah, it? dude, it's it's. It was, nuts, I think it was six hundred pounds. That's yeah, stupid. Yeah. It, it is. It is absolutely. That's insane. a quarterback. And, if he yeah, if, yeah. if lifting weights makes you slower, then why do you have one of the fastest quarterbacks? You know, one of the best scramblers. You know, yep. in the weight room, well, squatting six hundred. Put that in perspective. I was watching. I. I I really Jason Kelsey is one of my favorite football players. Yeah, yeah. And I heard him talking about how uh, he only squats that much. Like they 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 got the same weight on the rack. Mm-hmm. You got a line a, a center, you know, that's probably three hundred pounds, right around there. And yep. you have a freaking quarterback, a scrambling quarterback. You know. Yep. It's just it's yep. interesting because what I see when I look at that, there's something that intrigues me about that. Two different body types. Two mm-hmm. different purposes. Mm-hmm. They're still doing lots of weight, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it goes down to I think, you know, sp- sports specific drills, and then yep. also diet towards yep. that goal. It's more of holistic, but the weight itself that mm-hmm. people think too much about that. That's yeah, I, com- we- I completely agree, man. I completely agree, and the benefits that come from just being stronger, right? And yeah. I think how we've gotten to where we're at is as uh, rodeo population is that we're just so concerned with what everybody else is doing. And so we look around and we see what this world champion did and what this guy did and what, 
And we're literally the blind following the blind. And <laughs> those guys, you know, the fact of the matter is, is those guys just did what they enjoyed or what somebody showed them. And, and none of, not, not none of it, but very little of it is actually, if you want to talk about the science behind weightlifting, very little of what we're currently doing within the world of rodeo actually moves the needle forward for the rodeo athlete. Very little. Yeah. And we, we see a lot of endurance and we see a lot of how, you know, box jumps for time and burpees mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm, I'm not necessarily somebody that's necessarily naturally against a CrossFit style. I think that intensity in that I am. realm has its place, but I'm, but, yeah, I'm, I'm against, I'm, I'm against it for rodeo, but yeah, I, I, I don't I, think that yeah. it's, I don't think that it's the most accurate, right? Like it's probably not the best thing. So it's, if you're not doing anything and the only thing you're willing to go do is CrossFit, you know what? I'm going to cheer for you. I'm going to cheer yeah, for yeah, you yeah, yeah, and for I'm sure. going to continue to yeah. talk to you and say, Hey, maybe one day we'll move on. But with that being said, it's definitely not the most appropriate avenue of training for a rodeo. Athlete. But, it's but, without but, a doubt. But why? And I think that we have to, as, as a, as a community that wants the next generation to really move that needle forward, we can't just say, don't do this or do do this. We yes. better communicate why that is the case. You're, ex CrossFit, you're exactly right. You know, we live, we, we're in a sport that is so different from other sports. The closest maybe, it'd be like, okay, if a football player did CrossFit, that would be really dumb. You don't because, see them doing it. In the NFL. Right. They're still yep. doing yep. workouts. And I yep. look, I think the yep. structure of CrossFit's great. I think you can take like, you know, a wad and at a face value, like for instance, yeah. okay, so the, you've heard of the Murph, right? Yeah. You know, you run a mile, yep. do 300 yep. squats, 200 pu push ups, 100 pull ups, run a yep. mile again. So you could take that, that structure, right? I could go and I can get on my drop barrel and say, hey, I'm going to do, and I'll do this, I'll do a, a thousand reps on my drop barrel or 500 reps yep. on my drop barrel to start. And then I'll go and I can, do sports specific things within that structure that gives yep. me what I need. Yep. Um, so I think the structure of CrossFit, but here's the issue. This is why CrossFit, this is why I disagree with it. Yep. CrossFit is an impact sport. Okay. Mm. We compete not in an impact sport. We compete in a collision sport. Mm. Oh, okay. hold on. <laughs> my, my cat. <laughs> My wife got Good. four cats, and those suckers jumped in here because it's night out, so I've got the freaking oh, door yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, CrossFit is an impact sport. Lot, yep. lot, it, it takes a lot on your joints and yep. your ligaments. And we yep. are not in a, con a contact sport. We're in an impact sport, a collision sport, as yep. Tandy would say it, you know. Yep. And so all of that impact, what is this doing yep. on our body, on our longevity, and, you know, even like you, you talk about, you know, the need to build up strengths and have that durability. OK. Yep. However, yep. if you're doing if you're doing impact movements and you're you're overdoing it, then mm. that that's going to impact your ability to maintain a stable foundation, you know, that yep. that we should be developing as athletes, whether we're in football. Yep. So there's core things we need to do. We need to put on a foundation of muscle that will give yep. us durability, have some longevity, yep. and then you focus on all of those, you know, I, I call them minor, but sports-specific movements and drills yep. 
you know, that, that Absolutely. kind of thing. 100%. Here's the, here's the, the two things that I really do enjoy that I, and I don't do CrossFit. I've never done CrossFit. I won't ever do CrossFit. I guess I should never say never, but I have no intentions of ever doing CrossFit. But the two things that I think that are beneficial is number one is the community. And it gives, if sure. you look at the people that do CrossFit, mainly they're, they are ex-athletes. They are people that played high school football or maybe college and they have, they've lost a sense of community. Maybe they have a job that they don't enjoy and the box, the local box, the CrossFit gym that they go to is a place in which they have community and they go do hard things with people. And I think that that community is great for people. And I, and I, I, I think that that's great for people that are not high level athletes. So the second thing that I, I think is, is good about the, the, about CrossFit is because of that community, it is going to get a relatively sedentary generation to do something. It is going to get some people to go do something. Those two things are, those are two things are the only two things that I can pick out that I enjoy. But just like you said, yeah. the negatives that we have, it has to be very strategic programming for you to get real strength gains out of a CrossFit workout. That if it is styled in an endurance way, where it is maybe an EMOM on minute one, you do this mm -hmm. minute two, minute three, Tabata, some sort sure. of AMRAP, because of the fact that you're just in and when you're consistent consistently moving with very little rest what you're actually doing is you're building muscle endurance and we don't use a ton of muscle endurance in the 15 second window that you're in the arena we don't and so why would yeah. we spend our time training that now there needs what's to the be difference gentle... let, let, let me ask you a question on that yeah um, what's yeah. the difference then between building muscle endurance and building Cardio endurance, cardiovascular yeah, endurance versus muscular endurance. What would you say there? For sure. Well, the difference, I mean, the difference is that like, I mean, obviously we're affecting specific body parts, right? So like cardiovascular endurance is a great thing for heart health, but it's also something that's not necessarily needed for uh, a rodeo athlete. Now, with that being said, there is a general prep, like prep period yeah. where we have to have a general baseline <laughs> of conditioning, right? You can't just like get winded going up steps and think that you're going to go do well. well. I don't run or I don't do conditioning because I'm a rodeo athlete. That's of course silly. But with that being <laughs> said, there has to be a general basis for uh for this aerobic you know this cardio training and then we can move to more sports specific type energy system stuff which so is going to be the short intervals you know the what the, you the do sprints. then what you did and basically with that is so you take a rodeo guy is the first thing you do then is kind of build a foundation for them I, you know? Absolutely. The first thing I, I'm going to do with somebody new to me is I'm going to do an evaluation. I'm just going to kind of see what we're working with and where we're at and see their range of motion. Um, you know, we do lots of different things. Can they squat correctly? Uh, and I'm going to gather an extensive history on them as far as injuries go and then also training history. But yeah. with that being said, let's just take, you know, your average Joe guy that comes to me. The first thing we're going to do is we're just going to build, assuming that we're not in the middle of the end season, we're not in the middle of the summer, we're not rodeoing hard. Maybe we're not going to any rodeos at all. We are totally going to build a little bit of an aerobic base. We're going to primarily focus on building strength. I want them to start working that, that central nervous system to start thinking about that squat pattern, you know, whether it's a deadlift, a deadlift as well, maybe a, a push, a pull. I want us to start of building that that movement pattern and then slowly over time adding load to it mm -hmm. so that they can get stronger and that that's going to be my number one focus is just building strength because of the fact that 
if we have, this is what, this is like one of the things that I've learned in the last year is that there's this, this deal called the size principle. So bear with me. I'm not going to get super, I'm not going to get super scientific, but this is one of the things that I love (laughs) to explain to clients and that the size principle states that your central nervous system will recruit the least amount of muscle fibers possible to accomplish a task. And so it's going to recruit the, the, it's going to recruit the least amount possible. So if we can get to where through loading a bar or a dumbbell in, in resistance training, we can get the central nervous system to start recruiting more and more tissue, more and more muscle fiber, right? We don't necessarily have to get strong like we would to get stronger we're not necessarily adding mass as much as we are training that central nervous system and having it access more motor units right we get strong sure there'll be some muscle growth that takes place but i want to i want to get past that that size principle and i want your body to start activating because if i can get i've got somebody in the squat rack and they're they're squatting heavy and i know that they're accessing uh they're accessing those motor units they're they're firing on all cylinders and it might take them 3 seconds 4 seconds to complete a really heavy repetition of a back squat okay mm-hmm. now they're ready for me to start teaching them power and power mm-hmm. is different than strength in that there's a time component so mm-hmm. strength, you see a power lifter. It's confusing because yeah. the name, <laughs> it might take them five or six seconds to do that 600 pound bench press. That's all well and good. That's success for them. A bull doesn't care that you don't have six seconds to do one rep. I've got to explode my hips to my bull rope now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've got to yeah. drive. And so, but yeah. you cannot be powerful if you're not first strong. Now you can be strong and not powerful, yeah. but we have to have that baseline of strength. And now we can start building more dynamic movements into your uh, program. And we can start building that, you know, the, the common name for it is not very scientific, but explosion, right? Yeah. You can become yeah. more explosive. Yeah, um, you, and that's really just a building of power. And, and you, you, you do that in a couple of different ways. I think you can do it with, so look at like, for instance, good example. This is how I understand it. Okay, in in my head, you have bodybuilding and you have powerlifting. Okay, now they're actually way more similar than people think. They're not mm-hmm. that far apart. The difference I see outside of diet, because that's a huge difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to lift yeah. more weight, put on more weight. You just yeah, will. Absolutely. Like I'm talking to my cousin. Absolutely. And yep. You know he weighs two hundred. I think he said two eighty something like that. And yep. he's like, you know, I freaking. He's like, I work my like that every day. And I'm yep. like, you do. That doesn't mean that, the, you know, but but the more weight you have, the more your your muscles are going to be accustomed to that. And you're going to the power, though. The difference, though, is explosion yep. is a big deal. Yep. Now, yep. with bodybuilding, OK, go back to this. Bodybuilding is focused on muscle groups, right? Specific muscles yep. that we're trying to yep. develop size. It's all about aesthetics. Yep. It really isn't Absolutely. even about strengths. Although yep. you look at like Ronnie Coleman and he still freaking did like. 800 pound squat now yep yep he's at 0.3 yeah there's one under one percent body fat you know those guys are and that's that's crazy whereas if he would have put on if just fat if he would have just just put on weight he would have got over a thousand you know just by diet alone and then you see different kind of so so the the movement patterns in in power lifting is actually the important part where it's not so much in 
bodybuilding. You know, there is yep. movement because yep. they have to learn how to extend their muscles and get that growth and extension and all yep. of that. But like power lifters, you'll see them go in there and they'll do pause reps at the bottom of their bench yep. press and they're exploding, yep. you know, lots of yep. weight. Like Absolutely. you, you want to move yep. 600 pounds, you know, on a, yep. on a bench press, like you can yep. talk about some explosion. Yeah, you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be explosive, especially out of the bottom. And you're right. They, they do have a lot of different strategic ways in which they can program like for power lifting. And yeah. I think that it's great. I, I don't think that, I don't think it's the answer either for rodeo. No, athletes, no, you know, no, no. It's just a different thing. In... But I do think that it's a much different and yeah. like you, to your point, when you have like, when you have a, 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 a bodybuilder, like, that, that just because they're big does not mean that they are strong. If we know that strength comes from central nervous system mm -hmm. adaptations, a bodybuilding, just like you said, they are focusing on hypertrophy muscle growth. Right. So they are trying to get the muscles as big as possible. But just because there's a big muscle does not mean that it is a strong muscle. And so there, there's a huge difference between and that's where most rodeo athletes, I don't want to say go wrong because I love the fact that every single, you know, if, if they're doing something, yeah, that's, that's a win. Nice. I'm going to applaud for them. And then when they're ready to get serious, we'll take it from there. But sure. that's where most young rodeo athletes are going to go wrong is they're going to walk in the gym and they're going to ask somebody, they're going to Google it. They're going to do some sort of body part, uh, bodybuilding split, because that really is exploded you know so yeah. what since ronnie coleman was one of the yeah. ones that has has made that more popular well and it's now, in the gyms now it's at yeah, high school you're yeah. taught this from yeah. an early age if you, you, yeah. you almost nowadays you're almost required to take some sort of gym class you know so even if you don't know any other sports or anything like you have some vague knowledge of of mm -hmm. lifting weights from high school you know and and that is exactly what they're training you know in high school yep. although i yep. it's probably changing and developing now you know i'm talking well, from think, my experience in yeah. high school you know then yeah, no for sure and i hope and i think that it is it's to, it yeah. depends on the high school obviously but yeah, sure. you know hopefully i mean they're moving you know moving forward and and getting i know that um a lot of the high schools you know that this the the coaches that work their course at high school's budget isn't great like they're it's not they don't have a spot for a full-time strength and conditioning yeah. coach to work with the teams for a lot of them and so these guys a lot of the coaches that are in the weight room they're not certified you know they right. like they were they're in their 40s 50s 60s they're the ag teacher you know what i'm saying yeah. and they've loved yeah. working out and they've worked out their whole life and so now they're gonna try to they're gonna do what worked for them when they were in their 20s for the high school kids and it's like well, it just doesn't work a lot of a lot especially in these smaller schools that aren't paying yep. for that you know yep Yep. Um, yep. you know, where it's like your bigger schools, they have, they've yep. got programs in place yeah, nowadays and they you can got help these young guys. Yep. I think most smaller towns, like if you have a gym coach, he probably was a football player and he teaches mm. the football team and he's required to teach a class in order to, so you'll have health class. I, my health class teacher, he was just a baseball player, he played minor league ball. <laughs> he taught yep, baseball. Yep, yep. He he coached the baseball team. But in order to coach the baseball team in our small town, you had to be a teacher. It was just a requirement. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah, true in all town, all places, but it, it definitely is here around here. Yeah. So a lot of them are I, just. I, yeah, they're not. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, is that like I'm pretty careful to it like. I'm pretty careful to just, I'm thankful that they have uh, physical 100%. education in high school, regardless and of what it looks like. I'm actually you know? grateful for the smaller schools that they yep. require those, those yep. physical teachers to be, to be teachers, actual Absolutely. teachers, not just teaching, you know, baseball or football, you know, being a, a coach. Yep. They're, they're yep. actually teaching students in one 
way, shape, yep. or form. So, well, it's planting seeds. You know, I mean, who knows? A lot of those kids they graduate high school, they they don't go on to college uh, ball at all, um, or they don't. You know, they go on to a, a job and they don't step foot in the gym for fifteen years. But then they do, and they remember what they were taught back then, and they they like that gives them a baseline and it plants a seed. And we don't know when the seed is going to flourish or if it ever will. But the fact that of the matter is, is that our population, like, I mean, especially in America, we need to be in the gym more. Like we need to be moving weight more. We need to be just a, a little bit. We don't all need to be bodybuilders, but just a little bit of intentional activity, resistance training, it would go so far for so many people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I and and I I think too going to that culture part of it. This is my experience. So my experience over, you know, the last because since June when I had ankle surgery. So I go, mm -hmm. I guess to preface this, this culture is fixated on instant gratification, and they struggle with the discipline that it takes to actually accomplish some of these goals in athleticism and fitness. It mm -hmm. does not happen overnight. So I'm, I actually, so I develop a, if I'm hurt, especially like, so when I stopped riding in June, when I snapped my ankle, I was 145 pounds, you know, mm -hmm. five foot 11, yep. 145 yep. pounds. I was smaller. That was on purpose that I got that low. And I did feel like I yep. rode pretty decent. I struggled yep. more with, um, uh, durability. I felt like when I was in that mm. state, I had to overemphasize mm. so much different, exercises like pliability and and stretching mm. and um really focusing on impact because i mm -hmm. couldn't handle the impact as much yep. at 145 yep. pounds because i was so lean and yep. not just lean like you're lean and you don't have the muscle mass either at that point you know yep. whereas like yep. a keith That's hall exactly right. he's five you know five i'll say five three yeah because I think he's taller than that. So 5'3". And, you know, but he's 145 pounds. He looks different than I do. <laughs> he looks, he looks, and that dude he looks, is strong. He looks like too. he should look. Central. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. His central nervous system adaptations are there. That boy can move some weight. So I went from 145 pounds, okay, in June. What do I weigh right now? I don't know. It's hard to tell. You got a hoodie I'd, on. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say... 145. I'm, I mean, I'm literally just taking a step. 170, 172 this morning. And Look you can see, you. you can see it in my face a little bit. Like you can I bet see, you can. Yep. You, can yep. you know, yep. but again, what's a commitment to get to that point? So I made a decision when I got hurt. I said, okay, I need to gain weight. At that point, I started gaining slowly and I started building a foundation, yep. you know? So everything was done within, because I was only going to be out for four months. And with my ankle, that was going to... Mm -hmm. It's an obstacle. How do you train your muscles when you can't do impact on your mm -hmm. leg? You can. That's yep. way too many guys yep. out here saying, yep. I'm hurt. I can't work out today. Yes, you can because one part of your body's hurt yep. and you have a whole other part of your body that needs to be worked. And if you work that part of your body, yep. it's going to help yep. the injured part. So, yep. you know, even now I'm doing, yep. I'm one armed, my shoulder, I can't do anything. Right. So I have atrophy, yep. all of that. Um, yep. My left arm, I'm still doing, you know, yep. I'm still doing all of my workouts you know, and adjusting them to what well, I can because do. You, and I can't, I can't think of the the name of the actual principle, but there's a scientific principle that says that because you're working your good arm, you're actually retaining strength yeah. in the arm 100%. that's not being worked. There's yeah, a portion of strength. I don't, I don't, I don't that know what the principle retained, is, but uh, I, I know that, it. In that arm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can't remember. I man, anyway, I, but we had to learn. I, I man, I'm gonna. I, it's gonna bother me now. But at any rate, I do know <laughs> that like the fact that you're working your good arm, even though you're not using the one that's hurt, like you're actually still going to maintain some. There will be atrophy there. Obviously, there's going to be a last a, a lot a loss of strength. But because so much of what we're doing is up here, man. It's mm -hmm. central nervous system, right? And that's yeah. that central nervous system training and staying strong with one side is going to translate to you maintaining some strength in the injured arm. And that's, that's crucial. And yeah. the other thing that to keep in mind is that your body is going through all the phases of healing as well, right? So the the those yeah. the workouts that we're doing need to be very strategic because we don't need to be overdoing it either. Not that you are, I know that you're not, but yeah, yeah, like for there sure. are some guys that might hear this and then be like, "Well, I got a broke ankle. I guess I'm just gonna I'm gonna go hop a mile, you know, <laughs> on my good leg, or I'm gonna you know do something silly." Like right. here, at the end yeah, of the yeah, day, yeah. Yep. recovery is huge. See, for you, yeah. with everything you've got going on, you're able to prioritize recovery. You're able mm -hmm. to eat really well. You're able yeah. to do a lot of things that a lot of other people can't do. And so your body is trying to work to heal and make making sure, yes, you should still be working if you're hurt. 100% you should be working around it. It should be strategic and you should be focusing on prioritizing yeah. recovery so that you can get back to the arena as fast as possible, uh, as efficiently as possible, because fast isn't always efficient. Huge. Uh, you know what? I would have never like, so how do you go from 145 pounds to 170? I want to get up to probably 180 and then yep. I'll start a cut. Right. Yep. And yep. I'll cut down. I won't. Obviously, that's you can't gain that much muscle. Um, however, yep. so there's a couple things you talk about recovery. If you yep. are in a bulked state, your body yep. is full of nutrition. If you're feeding your body the right nutrition, then yep. all of a sudden, all these injuries like at 145 pounds, I'm not going to heal as good. What's hard, though? So, right. How do you do a lot of what I'm doing is focusing a, a slow buildup of um, power and uh, explosiveness with, you know, together so you're doing a lot of these heavy you know i say compound movements heavy compound movements that focus on power explosiveness and it's not tons of reps endurance yep. so that's hard for me because when i go into the gym like you know i you know traditionally you know coming up in you know this athletic sport that's so focused on explosiveness but leanness too like you can't be 215 mm. pounds yeah so yeah you know, now I, I, in this whole recovery process, I have to think, okay, well, right now I'm not writing and I'm going to be writing in June, you know, so what does this look like? What's up, everybody? I'm thrilled to announce a fantastic partnership between the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Rodeo Life isn't just a coffee brand. It's a veteran-owned business that epitomizes the principles of hard work, dedication, and perseverance in all their products. As an avid consumer of Rodeo Life Coffee... I am proud to align myself with a company that mirrors my values and resonates with our audience. Supporting this veteran-owned business is not only a testament to our shared ethos, but also a way to give back to those who have served our country. This partnership promises exciting content, collaborations, and surprises for all our listeners and the rodeo community. You can anticipate special episodes featuring the Rodeo Life experts and even a chance to win some Rodeo Life merchandise. We look forward to this journey with Rodeo Life and the enriching experience it will bring our audience. Join us as we venture into this partnership, fueled by a passion for rodeo and a great cup of Rodeo Life coffee. Stay tuned for more exciting updates and the amazing things to come from the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official.
Make sure you go to rodeolifeofficial.com and check out all their sweet merch. Are you searching for that perfect statement? Look no further than Bluegrass Engraving, where creativity meets craftsmanship. Their specialty lies in creating custom buckles and dip cans, but that's not all. They redefine elegance with an exquisite line of jewelry. And for those who appreciate a little flair, check out their engraved guns collection. At Bluegrass Engraving, they don't just create products, they craft experiences. Visit Bluegrass Engraving today and let them turn your visions into engraved realities. Bluegrass Engraving, where artistry meets authenticity. Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this. The founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. I think I want to hit on with something that you just said there is the it's not a lot of reps, right? And that's super important. If your focus is, you know, for anybody listening, it's like, well, maybe I'm not doing enough, you know, power stuff. And like what we're talking about when we get to strength or power, typically your rep range is going to be uh, under six. So anywhere in that range, two reps, four reps, it's going to be under six. The reason that it's low, right, is because the the strength, if you're if you're talking about maximum strength you're going to be moving really 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 heavy weight really really slowly because it's that hard yeah and you need you you might only get two or three reps in but then we need that three to five minute rest period in between sets so that we can give a hundred percent effort or as close to it as possible again for a second set the same thing with power we might not be lifting heavy 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 weight really slowly in fact we're going to back that off to probably it depends on your ad the the goals of your ad adaptations you're trying to get, but anywhere between 30 and 70% of some sort of repetition maximum that you found when you were building strength. And what we're going to do is we're going to move it very quickly. But again, we're staying between one to five reps there and we're still resting we're still resting for three to five minutes. Why? That's hard because I need you to give it's it's difficult because I need you to give one hundred percent effort every set. And that's why like I see these guys that are doing explosive movements just for example a basic one is a box jump and they're doing them for reps not for quality and so they're doing sets of 12 or 15 there are situations and scenarios maybe in rehab or in other things in which that is an acceptable rep range but if you are doing box jumps for power development of the lower body it needs to be it needs to be lower right like we're thinking about 100 you focus i think this is what you look at how i focus on that is i focus on one rep at a time you know, yep. and, and so yep. everything's like on that one rep and then everything's about the quality there. So if mm. I can go to the gym and I can hit, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but if I could hit 15 solid sets on, you know, mm. my legs, yep. like I've yep. done some damage that's a to lot. my that's, legs. That's a, that's a lot. Yep. 
that's and, a and lot. It, I think the, and that's including eight, that's including okay. that's including warm up sets. By the yep, way, absolutely. So, you know all that, the you know the little stuff you're doing to the, warm up your joints. That's the sweet spot. I think eight. I think I'm I, I I might have to try to find something to make sure that I'm not like misquoting. Um, you can fact check me, but I. I'm pretty sure that around about like six to eight working, like working sets, working right? Sets. That heavy yeah. weight is, yeah. is, is enough right. to stimulate the adaptations the that you're trying to get, either yeah. strength or uh, hypertrophy or whatever. So if you're talking about you've got some warm-up sets of some stuff, you know, then you've got your working sets. You, I would say that you're absolutely 100%. You know, your volume is higher than, uh, than, than um, you know, the next guy, but that does, like, you're still going to see yeah. some, you're still going to see progress there. And, and uh, how many is, days off your take? Well, before you're, you know, like all of this comes into play when you're talking about that. Like, you know, I, I know one guy, um, I forget his name and I, I follow him on Instagram. Dude's a beast. He does, he does full body workout every single day. Okay. And yeah. he does one, one lift per workout. And the yeah. reason he does that is because he's like, well, if you get, say you get example, you get 10 sets in, right? A week on these are just random numbers. So 10 sets a week because it's easy number. 10 sets a week on yep. your legs. But you're doing that, you know, one day. And you're like, or say yep. you do that two days, so it's 20 sets a week, all right? So you have two yep. days where you're really going heavy and you're doing that. Um, versus what's the difference between doing that and just doing one heavy quality set per day? I have never yep. done that kind of split before, but I found it intriguing. And um, yeah, it's, fa it it's is, a fascinating. It is intriguing. I think that, yeah, it is. And I think that like, uh, you know, I mean, we, we have to think about for, for adaptation to really take place, there has to be this baseline of, um, of stimulating repetitions, right? We have to get to like the, the minimum effective dose of stimulating repetitions. And so, I, I like, I would be very curious to see if you did like one really, really heavy set every day, uh, five days a week, I would, I would say that maybe on at the beginning, you might see some adaptations, but that your adaptations would, would Slow down. drop quite a good bit because the fact of the matter is, is that the gains, the adaptations that we're talking about, you getting stronger, you getting bigger, whatever you getting more explosive, whatever adaptation we're talking about, that does not happen in the gym. That happens when your eyelids are shut and you're sleeping. That happens when you're shoving your mouth full of quality food. That rest time, the other 23 hours of the day, that is where adaptation happens. And so if we are not yeah. getting quality sleep and we're not getting quality nutrition and we're not doing the things we need to do, we are not going to get, I'm not going to say that you're not going to see progress if you're sleeping for four hours a night, every night, but you're yeah. definitely not going to see as much progress as the guy that's getting eight. You know, if you're eating the drive through all the time because of work, yeah. I'm not going to say you're not seeing progress, but you won't see as much as the guy that's able to eat 80% clean, pretty uh, organic, you know, not organic. I don't want to use that word. You don't have to buy organic. Yeah. But re if God, if God made it, it's good to put in your body. If you eat 80% <laughs> of what God made then like you're going to see more adaptations than the guy that's living off of the fast food line because recovery is what is going to drive those adaptations. Great example. So, how many, how many construction workers do you see go into the construction field or whatever, man, they get real strong, but then yep. they plateau. And if they keep doing it and they live their life, yep. sometimes yep. you'll have some of these guys that, I mean, they're freaking, they're working hard yep. and they've got a yep. belly on them, beer belly. Yep. And yep. you know, because yep. they, their body, our body is so smart. And it gets so accustomed and it adapts to so many different things. And if you can't freaking challenge your your body and your nervous system and your workouts, you won't see the results. And another Progressive thing overload. 
It is. And another thing that I would say, too, is like, so there's times where extremes are necessary. You know, like if I'm trying mm. to put on weight right now, I'm on 4,250 calories a day. OK, I believe it. a lot of calories, you know, and I'm and I'm bulking. Yeah. I'm putting on weight consistently. Yep. Yep. And you yep. deal with the, the middle side because even at that you're in such a surplus, you're gaining weight well, no matter what you're yep. eating. So yep. what's yep. the difference between when I go on a bulk and a cut? Yep. And, and and stay in it more of a moderate there's actually when it comes to diet it's one thing stays the same in all of this i'm eating yep. at least 200 grams of protein a day that is yep. a staple outside of yep. that now once i get my 200 grams of protein in all of the food that is around that that i'm using to fill up my calories so i'm on a on a bulk i'm 4250 if i'm cutting and i'm trying to really get down i'm going to drop it down to about 1800 and yep. it'll just start yep. burning off. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will pretty quickly. But it's important. And then you got to get like back a couple... to that moderation, though, because you can you moderation can lose a to, lot. To, and you didn't jump. If people are hearing this, like, and you want to start a bulk, like, you don't start at forty two hundred calories. Like, that's not where no. you start. Uh -uh. What you have to do yeah. is you have to start yeah. with you had to track food first. And you had to yeah. figure out how many calories am I currently taking in, you know, and then once I figure out where I'm currently at, bump it up by 500. That's a pretty large jump, but bump it up by 500. Yeah. Again, focusing on some protein, good quality food. Yeah. And then you're going to see a little bit of weight come on. And sure. then if yeah. you once you get to where that extra 500 is. I say comfortable, then you could bump it up by maybe 300 or 500 yeah. and you work your way up over a couple months of getting to 42. Sure. Because what happens yeah. is that when I'm trying to get clients that are used to they're, they're athletes, they're not on a cut. They just don't know any better. And they're eating 1500 <laughs> calories a day. And I'm trying to get them, you know, there's yeah. a, a six foot two, 200 pound steer wrestler. And I'm trying to get them to eat the 3000 calories that they need probably need just it. to maintain. And they definitely need the freaking protein. I'm definitely going to jump them very slowly because of the fact yeah. that if you go from, you know, just say you're eating 1500 or 2000 calories now and tomorrow you're like, all right, I'm going to bulk up. Those guys were talking about bulking up. I'm going to hit 4200. <laughs> mm. You are going, your stomach is going to be so yeah. miserable. Yeah. And not just that. Horrendous. You will, I'll tell you right now what will happen if you aren't not, if you've never done this. So I, like this for me is not anything new. All of this stuff has been something I've been doing, you know, my whole life. And a lot of these guys, yeah. if you're just hearing this and you're thinking you're going to throw 4,200, you're going to deal with some mental challenges that you did not <laughs> expect to come your way. I'll tell you right now, you know, yep. Hey, yep. It is, the other day I was talking to my wife and at this, this time I had, I had just gained a bunch of weight and I was really happy. But at the same time, I was questioning on whether it was like, water weight like how much of that weight was i able to maintain and then you know you find out and then but then yep. i was talking to my wife about it and i'm like man i've been having a hard time you know gaining weight and she's like really <laughs> and yep. so and i had my shirt off at that point and i looked down and stuff i'm like no you're uh, right I'm, yeah, dude. and it was like a week after that it's when i started feeling the difference the difference in my muscles being you know, fully full, you know, full of carbs yep. and nutrition yep. and my muscles yep. are healing and they're healing more rapidly because I am shoving food, you know, as much quality food, but I'll tell you too, it's not all quality food. Like at, I'm at yep. the point where the yep. other day, okay, check this out. <laughs> all right. This is funny. So I'm just going to say it. All right. So the other day we would, I, I had, it was a terrible day. I hit my 200 protein. So I was happy, but I was busy. You know, I didn't get to eat as much as I needed to, you know, so I had my protein shakes, my, you know, my chicken, all the, all the 
prepared stuff that I make in every, yep. you know, every week. So then I have to fill that in with excesses. Well, we hadn't gone to the grocery store. So, you know, we're kind of bare on stuff that I needed for, for calories. And then a light bulb went off in my head. And I remembered that there was two family-sized pack of Oreos in <laughs> our cabinet. And yeah, I never really go. even think, you know, it. when you care about like, hey, I need to put on more calories. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. there's more options. Whereas before, I would yeah, have never yeah, even yeah, noticed yeah. that was there. It yeah, would have been yeah, in there. Yeah, it yeah, could have yeah. been in there for years. I would have never touched it. Yep. This time, so I now know that there's like 5,200 calories in a family-sized pack of Oreos. And if I eat a half a, <laughs> if I eat a, half a pack... If I eat a half a pack of these Oreos, yep. I'm going to get about 2,600 yep. calories, which is what I needed. It was yep. right around there. Yep. And so yep. I did it. Now, this is the issue. Okay. And this is the struggle, right? So now the next day, this is the mental struggle. I'm like, dang, I hit my my calories. I hit my protein. I can do the same thing today. And I did it for four mm. days in a row. And that's four half a pack of family size Oreos. Now they're gone. Now I remembered yeah. because... You know, in that state that I was in, I thought it was brilliant. And then I remembered, oh, they're the reason those Oreos were in here and they were in a Walmart bag. And so I'm like, I better yeah. replace them just in case. I forget about that. Yep. Then my wife finds yep. out. She's like, you ate all of the Oreos that I just bought for your son's birthday. And Yeah, yeah. well, food, food quality matters, you know. It but does. the fact of the matter yep. is, is we got to live life. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like that, that's the important thing to, if you're trying to like, that's definitely one way to get some quick calories in when you need to, you're in a and, pinch and you got to have some quick calories. 100%. And if you need it, but it's better food, to be, it's better yeah. to go that route. But like you said, and this is why this is, I want to add to this because yeah. this is the issue with going down that road for me. Okay. Yeah. I think that overall, you know, unless you're just like going on the extreme like that overall, you know, as long as you're hitting your, your, the macros that you have in place for Whatever you're doing, as long as you hit yep. everything right, you're actually yep. going to see the results and it's going to be great. Yep. The downside yep. is yep. how you feel just mm. normally when you start putting processed foods in you. Mm. If you're eating processed foods all the time, you don't feel as good. Like if you're yep. eating, it makes it harder if you are trying to put on weight. Like, look, yep. that's that's the difficult part, though, right? How do yep. you eat so much yep. food? And still yep. go to the gym and still live your yep. regular life. Like it, it takes that's, a that's lot exactly, of commitment. Especially if you're trying to eat all clean, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that life isn't clean. I mean, there, you know, we kind of live by the 80-20% rule around here. And so 80% of what I put needs to be something that God made, right? Like I want it to be like real food, whole food. But mm -hmm. I'm, you know what? We go to a birthday party and they have pizza. I'm not going to walk in there and be like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't eat pizza. Like, you know what? We're out, we're out this weekend, this weekend. We're out, we're, we're needing to get food. I got the family with me. The only thing close by that I can find is Taco Bell. You know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through that drive through I'm going to get two protein bowls, not just one. And I'm going to eat both of them. Are the macros great? No. Is there protein mm -hmm. in it? You bet there is. Yours, but you yeah. know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because it's right. life. Yeah. And I've built my metabolism up by adding lean tissue to a spot in which one bad, one bad, there are no bad foods, just maybe poorer choices that don't help you towards your goals. But one bad meal isn't going to ruin my progress. And so I yeah. have, we have to get our mindset. We live in a all or nothing mindset. 
you know what I'm saying? And then as rodeo athletes, as a human race, but then as rodeo athletes, we take that to the next level and we are going to get in shape and we're going to go buy $500 worth of clean groceries. We're going to go to the gym seven days a week. And it does work for one week or two weeks. And then we fall off the wagon. And now that we've failed, we quit. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it, no, nor should it be that way. That's not real life. I mean, you've livable. got kids, I've got kids. It's not sustainable yeah. for life. Yeah. We've got to be able to start to continue to make progress and then have those opportunities to live life. So making sure that whatever you decide to do nutritionally is something that you can actually keep up with and do on a regular basis. And that's why I start people with a little jump at a time, make small yeah. changes, right. whatever it might be, take a little bit of calories away, add a little bit more change one meal man maybe all three meals are horrible right now and you think the food quality is horrible that's okay change one meal right change one meal change yeah. and when you go through the drive-through pick the healthy option for one meal and do that for a week and tell me that you don't feel a little bit better and then the following week or the following month now change two meals like yeah. it doesn't that's how real change happens and in yeah. a year from now you'll look back and you'll be like wow i can't believe i used to eat that way or i can't believe i used to do that isn't it so hard for us to be really true to ourselves, like realistic? Like when, when we go into this stuff, like I am really big on like, what is realistic? Like yep. what's realistic yep. here and what's not, you know, uh, especially when it comes to all of that. Like if, if you can't be consistent in what you're doing, it's probably not, you're, it's not moving the needle forward. It's just not mm. like, Consistency is really exactly. important, and it, it, we all can't handle the same anything. <laughs> Load in the yep. gym, diet, yep. like each yep. of us is, you know, we have our own lives. And so what does yep. all of this look like within our lives, I think is important. However, I do think yep. that there are some people that can go all out. Don't think that they went mm -hmm. all out at one time. It took mm -hmm. them time to progress into that. And you should, I think... You should have a vision of a time when you can go all in on something and not yes. compromise on it. But yes, absolutely. You have to be yep. realistic about yourself, especially yep. in the dieting yep. world. Like, absolutely. Is, is this that I'm, is, is what I'm going for? Is that really what I want? And if it's mm. really what I want, now we can start talking about what's realistic in, in reaching that goal and a, in a, a proper timeline time to do so. Because for me, That's you know, exactly I'm going right. to, when I come back to riding, I'll go from 145 at, I was right around 6% body fat when the last time I got checked when I was at that weight, I'll go yep. to 160, 165 pounds, you know, and I'll probably be 8%, somewhere right around there. Yep. It's probably what I'll do when yep. I come back. Yep. I won't go so low wow. in my fat percentage and yep. I will have an extra 20 pounds of muscle, you know, I have 20 yep. pounds. It's quite yep. a bit of muscle. Yep. Now. People yep. are like, you can't gain that much muscle. You can if you're starting from 140 pounds. Now, if well, I were to go 170 pounds to 110 yep. Yep. or 210 pounds, it's going to yep. take longer. <laughs> yep. It's more yep. it's more tissue that has to be built up. Like right That's now, exactly I've gained a lot right. of weight because my tissue yep. is it's like it's not pure. It's all intermixed yep. with all the carbs and nutrition yep. and all yep. of that. You know, it's just full. Yeah. Or yep. if you cut it yeah, down, for to, sure. You know. But it takes time. I've walked down that road. Like before I, before I ever met you, I mean, my, when I hung up my spurs as a bareback rider in the summer of 2021, I weighed 153 pounds. So mm -hmm. this morning I weighed 194. 
And so I've walked down that, I've walked down that road of like trying to gain weight. And mm. then I weighed that because I didn't know any better. It was right. before I had started, uh, as a strength and conditioning coach, it was before I knew much about nutrition. Um, and I worked out, but I did, you know, the stuff that we talked about earlier, mm. a lot of high intensity type yeah. stuff. And I was wore out before I ever got to the rodeo, but I, same thing. Like I've slowly over time, just been working on finding what's sustainable, being able mm -hmm. to add weight. And you can, I mean, realistically, if your nutrition is dialed in realistically, we look for it, there's outliers and it can be more, it can be a little less, but somewhere sure. around about four pounds a month is a realistic goal for adding muscle. So now there's okay. going to be more yeah. weight. We never, ever, ever weight gain and weight loss is never ever no. perfect you will no, never ever just add yeah. muscle or just right. lose body fat yep. it's always going to be a it, mix of both but it, this the stimulus can dictate which yeah go ahead yeah. sure well it's yeah. a difference like so okay the, the most i've ever been is 190 pounds when i got yeah. to 190 pounds you know what my body fat percentage was <laughs> oh no it was 4.9 percent. i got under five wow. it's the only time in my life wow. where i got wow. under five and i was like I, but at that time, that didn't happen overnight. That was years. Yep. That was all through yep. high school. Yep. That was going yep. into college. That was spending. I mean, I was doing construction. I was powerlifting. I, I was doing everything yep. that wasn't good for my bull riding. But yep. dang, I looked good and I was yep. I was big and like just the yep. the differences. But again, I feel like the image that people have is that's the image, right? It's that yes. or yes. it's or it's JB Mooney, and yeah. I've done both now, and I don't think I really. <laughs> enjoy either yeah. one of them the like there's yeah. challenges to both i think that's where i'm gonna find the middle spot and i'm gonna the answer you know, is in the middle you're the exactly middle. right yeah. I think that's that's an important thing that you bring up that is important to talk about is that we have we have two ends of the spectrum. And so uh, over here on this end is performance, right? And this these are performance type goals and training for performance. Over here is aesthetics and training for the way that you look. And actually, it, the closer that you get to performance, the farther away that you get from aesthetics. And mm -hmm. the closer that you get to aesthetics and the way you think you want to look, the farther away you get for performance. Because training for a six-pack is not the way that you should be training for competitive bull riding, professional bull riding. <laughs> Training for professional bull riding is not the way that you should train if you're going to do a bodybuilding show. They're mm -hmm. very different things yeah. and they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And there was a picture floating around. I don't remember who posted it, but there was a video maybe actually, or ESPN posted it. And it was a video of Patrick Mahomes after their playoff. <laughs> game. I don't know if you looked at him, but if you saw that picture, you would not say that man belongs on the G on the cover of a GQ or a men's health <laughs> magazine, right? Like he's not out of shape in any way, shape or form, no. but he's not ripped, but he's one of the best to ever play the game. Why? He trains for performance. He doesn't care about a six pack. He doesn't yeah, care about all. having big, you know, being big ripped shoulders. He doesn't, he wants to be better at throwing the football and he yeah. wants to be able to elude the tacklers and all that kind of stuff. He needs to be quick. He needs to be fast. That that's the stuff he's training for. So keep that in mind as, as guys are, are thinking about training. It is, it has nothing to do with having a six pack. If you yeah. are training for the road. Now, with that being said, a beer belly is definitely not going to serve you either. <laughs> for sure. And I'm not justifying you being lazy and, but we're not, we're not doing thousands of crunches and all these kind of ab moves because we want to have the, we want those lower abs to show up. In fact, 10 to 15% for athletes, it should be a little under, but 10 to 15% body fat is actually the healthiest body fat percentage for males. And there's a lot that, de that deter is determined by uh body fat percentage. I mean, we have fat soluble yeah. vitamins, hormone production, testosterone. There's a lot of stuff that, that rely 
relies on uh, body fat. And so the fact that mm. when we get down to four, three, 2% body That's fat, awful. and we, number one, you're miserable because you do not have the energy that you want. Number two, you're actually going to be the closer, again, the closer we get for aesthetics, the farther away we're going to be from performance. Our hormone levels are going to be jacked up. You know, so it's just something to keep in mind that like, you know, a lot of times we think, uh, and if you don't know any better, you would think that the two like meet in the middle and that you're going to look really good and you're going to perform really good. And I'm not saying that you can't look good and perform well, um, or that you should, that you should look bad to perform well, but uh, training for those things is definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, you know, I think too, like you also have this whole thing where it's like the, the, the working out is, is really developing and, you know, what you guys are doing is freaking awesome. And I'm, I, I love everything about it. And I'm, I talk every, almost, you know, every other week or something, I'm talking to somebody and you guys come up, whether I'm talking to Keith or yeah, cool. any, any, you yeah. know, there's lots of people now, like you, your reach has yeah. really grown. Um, I think beyond even maybe some of the guys that you even know it's reached to, they may not, you know, use you, but they yeah. may, you know, down the road and hopefully, you know, they yeah. will, uh, wh- what you guys it's, are doing. It's, is and awesome. it's not about, that's exactly You're the only right. ones we're, really we're, that's thank doing you. it. Well, there's a, there's a handful out there that do a really good job. Andy Wolf, Wolf and Sons is another guy. Um, there's there's a handful more okay. that are doing some great work. But the main thing is is that it's not about it. Like, yes, we have a business model. Yes, it is what pays my bills, and it is what affords my wife to be able to stay home and raise our kids. And I'm so thankful for it. But we've said from the very beginning, it's not about the money, right? Like, we want to change the culture in rodeo. Yeah. That's what we want to do. You know, we want to see. And so, I mean, whether whether you're training with somebody else, whether you're just do things the right way. There's too much. We're in the information age. If you get to the end of the line in your career, bull riding career, and you did not make it where you wanted to go, and you think that you missed a key ingredient in the training, it is not an acceptable excuse to say, I don't, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. That yeah. is absolutely unacceptable because at this, at, I mean, in, in five seconds, I can have all kinds of online and in-person trainers within my radius that I could hire to go train, right? And the benefit to us uh, is that we have all been competitive rodeo athletes. Sure. I rode bareback horses for right. 15 years. I've lived the lifestyle. I know what it's like. I know that you're eating at a Love's Truck Stop at 2 a.m. I'm not going to be upset about the Casey's pizza that's in your meal log. Like, it just is what it is. And so we have to be able to work around those things. Yeah. But I didn't know is not an acceptable excuse it's for not. athletes today because there's too much information out and, there. And it's not just working out. It's on the nutrition and the recovery. And I think the recovery and nutrition and the sportable riding is as important as working out. Yes. I say as important. Well, if not I, more. I if don't, not look, more. I, I mean, I, this is, look, all of it's important, I think. I think this yep, is a hard yep. thing, though. I think if you look at it just completely as a, a logical, if we're taking this just from a rational approach, you're correct. There's probably emphasis in different of these. But we get in this this rodeo culture where it's like 90% mental. No, if you yep. really want to be proficient at anything, if you really want to, if, if your goal is to be the best, if if that's where you're going, it's going to take everything. And it's going to take all of you in every yes. different facet. And yeah, there's going to be times where you agree. need to emphasize things more than the others. But like this yep. whole idea that we can put in, you know, half our foot, you know, put kind of one foot in and the other out, it it don't work in the sport of bull riding. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we just had on our uh, on our podcast, we just had Phenom Genetics on um, Matt Sharping. Right. Oh, so nice. we just had uh, him on the Champion Living podcast. And I got to hear all about what he does with his bucking bulls. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. 
them bucking bulls are not one foot in and one foot out. No, <laughs> them suckers right there are all in. I mean, he said it costs $30 a day to feed one because of the feed that he's got them on the things that they're doing. They're being hauled. And yet, and yet you kind of want to be a pro bull rider, but you don't kind of want to put in the work, right? You're going to swipe on Tinder all week on the couch and then you're going you to show get up out. the velocity tour and you're going to go get on one of those. Come on now. Yeah. Get out of here. That's not going to happen, man. Like we've got to change the culture and you've got to become a professional. You've got to be professional athletes. And part of that is working out. It is not the whole thing because if it was, then anybody that's ever been really jacked and in great shape and trained every single day with no sport uh, knowledge could go hop on a bareback horse and spur him or go ride a bull and beat the crap out of him. It doesn't happen. It is a cowboy Theroni and he's in great shape. Great yep, shape. Yep, absolutely. And you know what? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I today was the first day I saw anything of him that obviously Sean Gleason p- posted that. I don't know if you saw yep. it yet. And no, I like it's interesting. Like you, it, yep. there's there's a foundation there of athleticism, and you can tell that mm-hmm. like all of this is put together to where it it doesn't look terrible. However, mm-hmm. there's still so much stuff yep. there that he's missing, and that's skill development. Yep. So it took it that's took exactly. him as long as it took him to 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 get to where he was in fighting. You got to expect that in every you know yep. different discipline. However, understand there's a foundation, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like if yes. you're new to anything, yep. focus on a foundation. Do research. Yep. There's, yep. There's like you said, you, ignorance yep. is no longer an excuse. Yep. Do your due diligence, find the right people, connect yourself to them, build a foundation. Everything else you'll develop, you know, you'll yes, develop over time. Agree. You'll you'll learn what 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 foods my body just doesn't like, even mm-hmm. though they're good for me. Yeah. And what, yep. you know, the next guy, it may be perfect, you know. Yep. Yep. Everybody's just, a little bit different. And it takes yeah. it takes 300 to 500 repetitions to build a new movement pattern. So if, you know, Cowboy Cerrone, he's getting ready to ride a bull, right? And he's got yeah. professionals obviously teaching him. It's going to take him, but, you know, 300 to 500 repetitions or a little more to learn how to ride bulls. Because he's but never done it before. Now take now take that exactly now never done it before now take that and and he's that's going to have him where he can he can subconsciously perform the basics i'm not saying that in 500 you know drops on a drop barrel he's going to go out there and be 90 i'm just saying for him to internalize the 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 mechanics now take the bull rider that started Exactly. The, take the bull rider that started at 14 that had Joe Blow from down the street that kind of rode bulls in the 70s who teaches him about lifting and reaching and 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 doing all the things and he gets all his and he gets all his mechanics backwards almost from the very beginning. Once you once you learn those movement patterns, those 300 to 500 repetitions, if you need to correct them, it actually takes 3000 to 5,000 repetitions to correct a Mm. faulty movement pattern. It is 10 times harder. So that's super important. I have clients that come with me. Maybe they start training with me. If that happened in the bull run, I'm like, what's going on in the gym when people aren't focused on quality sets? That's exactly right. Or if you, when it applies to the arena, if you've got something going on with your chin and you're not able to keep your chin down or you're just naturally giving them your chin, like you're not going to hop on the stationary barrel for one session and fix it. It's not going to, it's going to have to be something that you do every single day for six months and continue to work towards getting that fixed because it's going to take you. I suggest different ways too. Like when I'm learning, if I'm, if I want to learn a concept, I'm going to read a book on something. I'm going to listen to the same thing. Maybe I'll listen to, I'll listen and read the same person talking about the same thing. And then I'll listen to somebody else and read somebody else. And all of a sudden I'm hearing it in different ways. 
And I think that's the same concept, you know? It's ex it's exactly right. Hearing it from different sources and in, in different ways, we all resonate with. And that's part of the reason why I started it at Southern Illinois University, just volunteering over there, was because cues are different for everybody, right? Like mm -hmm. I can say one thing and have you move one way. But if I say that same thing to the next person, they probably don't, they, they don't understand it the way that you did. And so we have to learn these different cues because everybody mm -hmm. learns a little bit differently and being able to help athletes is my number one priority and being able to make an impact. And so I want to be able to learn more cues and more ways to be able to get somebody to squat a little bit deeper, to be able to load the bar a little bit more, to be able to perform their bench press a little bit better, whatever it might be. I've got to continue to, to push myself so that I can help my athletes make progress. And uh, everybody does learn a little bit differently. So making sure that you're varying the sources of information that you're getting yeah. and, um, and then you're doing research on the people, right. That you're actually learning from. hundred I mean, percent. You, you can. Yeah. yeah. There's we're in the Don't information. It's like, like, yeah, like I said, <laughs> there's all kinds of information right here yeah. I can get. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, a lot of it is actually not good information. It's, it's either it's studies that confusing have been if you just Google debunked. it. <laughs> It is very confusing. If you I mean, really want research, go to a scholarly article that's been reviewed by professionals. And believe absolutely. me, go Google how to find scholarly articles on anything. It will do you yep. better. I It took me a long time to accept this, but after a few years of doing school, I started realizing, hey, there is the, the proper source is matters yep. just as much, you know? <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. You got to make sure that you got to make sure a lot of the stuff that's scientifically proven, uh, they did one trial with 10 people, uh, <laughs> for six weeks. It's like, dude, it doesn't mean anything, right? right. Until we have, until yeah. we have hundreds and thousands of, of applicants that have been through this study and that have proven that this su supposed, and that's when, when people come to me about this new supplement or this new, you yeah. know, massage gun or this new thing, like how this is going to help, but like, like, listen, okay. There's like, if you think that it works, that's the other thing about training rodeo yeah, athletes. Confidence. If you, if you think that it works, let's roll with it. Right. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the most important thing to me, when you put your hand in that bull rope is that you're confident that what we've been doing is working. And so I'm not going to just go out there. I used to love to just debunk myths. And when people come to me and they're like, I started taking a cold bath every morning, I would be like, cool. Why'd you do that? And they're like, well, you don't take cold baths. Didn't you know it does this, this, and this. And I'd love to just be like, actually, it doesn't do any of those things. It might help with this and it might help with that. It but, wakes me up. And then they would just be ruined. You know what I'm saying? Like they just get, yeah, yeah. they just get, they just get, it, I don't, I don't do that anymore. If you have confidence in it, that's the yeah. most important thing to me. And, and with that being said, I have to try to bridge the gap with athletes between what they're confident with and what's scientifically proven, what I know that they need. And over time, as I work with them, I start to build their trust. Mm -hmm. And hopefully by the time we're done, their training actually looks a lot like what I wanted to do day one. I knew I couldn't roll it out day one because they'd never believe me, even though that's what research says is best. They'd never believe me. And I had yeah. to slowly, and that goes with, with, uh, you know, rehab modalities or recovery tools or nutrition, of, all those things. Well, we and just, my, my wife's an athletic trainer. Um, and yep. you know, talking to her, there's all, some of the, some of these recovery methods are vaguely proven. Yep. I don't it loosely. Yeah. It depends on who you yep. talk to. It depends on what it depends like, on who you talk it, to. And, and <laughs> like you know, there's dry needling, there's cupping, yep. there's ice yep. baths, there's heat therapy. Um, yep. I don't know that it's it's not. You know, I think there's a difference too in like. And correct me if I'm wrong here. If you see that somebody's doing something that's detrimental, 
you're mm -hmm. probably going to debunk that myth. But yes, if you see absolutely. something like taking an ice bath or getting in a sauna or doing cupping and you're like, well, whether I really agree with it or not, it really it's it's not it's beneficial it's not because anything. it's not hurting anything. And yes. it's, it's actually beneficial yes. because. There, yep. If there's confidence that comes from it, if if yes. going and taking an ice bath, you know, at five in the morning wakes you up so that you can go to the, you know, start your day. I don't know. You know, like, yep. fine. Yep. You know, yep. do or that go, or go to the gym. If, yeah. if then, you know, be what? careful totally though fine. about like taking an ice bath and getting too quick into some like yep. major list because that could be. But outside of that, like exactly if you take right. your time, yep. then it's yep. great. I mean, it's not bad. It I think I, I, that's exactly right. If it's not, if it's not going to actually like injure you or yeah. uh, it's not dangerous, I like, listen, if you want to know, um, I would gladly give you my opinion based on what I've read and researched. Uh, and, but the fact of the matter is, is like I said, I, I need you. The only way you show me a guy that is not confident in his abilities, in his training, in his nutrition, I'll show you a guy that does not matter how good his technique is, he will never win a world title because he's not confident. Show me a guy that's completely confident in who he is and what he does and has absolutely no training and no nutritional background. I'll show you a $7 million man named JB. <laughs> Confidence is absolutely everything. Confidence is what it's about. And so if these like if these things that are borderline helpful, not helpful, they're definitely not harmful, but they give you confidence. Let's roll. I'm yeah. good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to rain on your parade. Uh, I don't, I don't have to, you know, like, right. um, I need you to get, I need you to get, you know, six to eight hours of sleep every night. I need you to eat good food and we need to eat three meals a day. Like, I don't care where you're at. I need to eat, I need you to eat three meals a day. Mm -hmm. We need to work on those fundamentals. Those are the basics. Those are the like the, the sleep is the free best recovery tool you'll ever get. And, and, and so yeah, going, we can, we'll, we'll just start circling back. I didn't say like bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you drop yeah. you, people telling me like, Oh, I have 3% body fat. You probably don't. And if you yeah, do, yeah. you probably need to gain that because you're not sleeping yeah. well enough to recover yeah. the way you need to. All right. That's it's exactly it's actually been much longer than I anticipated. So we'll probably have to, well, cool. I, it's not really short. We still, I think, went about an hour. It's so you can we can talk about this stuff for forever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm totally, I'm down for. We'll we'll come back. Exactly right. We'll come I back and we'll do no another problem. one. As you as you've been able to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love that anytime, yeah. man. Heck yeah, and anytime. I want to have Doug on there, so you need to get Doug on here. I yeah, and yes, absolutely. And Doug, I think I think we're excited about the possibility of um you know some chats, um yeah. with Western Edge and uh, Champion Living and um you know and and getting together in the in the we, future. So uh, we all have a, a passion for giving back and helping move that needle forward in the Western, yes. you know, sports demographic and community. Yep. And, yep. uh, if any new listeners, we did a podcast a while back. Um, it's a really good one. So I definitely suggest you listen to it, uh, and follow Logan. What are your, your tags? So, that uh, so it's just, uh, I'm pretty much, uh, mainly on Instagram and it's, uh, Logan.ChampionLiving. um, is my uh is my handle there so um anyway yeah if you guys I'd, anyway anybody has any questions or whatever i'm i'm an open book feel free to dm me i'll i will help you in any way um shape form that i can and i'm man i just thank you for the opportunity to come chat a little bit with you yeah it's fun yeah it <laughs> is, right. it's it's good heck yeah guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you